Welcome in, everyone, to episode 79 of the Barely Educated Podcast. I'm Mark Jansen here, as always, with my esteemed coffee-guzzling morning waking colleague, Chris Teichler. Chris, how are you? Well, fine. Yeah, hello. Hi. Yeah, I'm not really a morning person, especially Saturday, but uh, I got some good coffee going, and uh, it's been a while since we've talked, so I'm looking forward to... Uh, um, yeah, crazy busy discussing, week. Yeah, discussing another game of misery coming up. <laughs> so normally, those of you that have been following us during the season, we basically do these Friday mornings while we're either at work or working from home. And busy Friday yesterday for both of us. So squeezing this in on a Saturday, which involved waiting for my wife and kids to go run errands. Kudos to her. Yes. The wife. Shout out Which to her. Wife? <laughs> for facilitating it um but that meant chris is up and functioning earlier than maybe he'd prefer on a saturday so shout out to co-host chris <laughs> all good and it works out okay doing it saturday since the game is monday this week yeah that kind of fits at least yep, yep. the last time the bears were torture america in prime time this season Mm, thank goodness <laughs> yeah let's get that out of the way can we be done with the broncos while we're at it <laughs> what Ooh. thursday broncos sunday bears yeah just they kept going and going where they both were in one of the three primetime slots for like two weeks running why yeah. all right well i wanted to start on something fun before we get to our usual run of the mill combination of joking and complaining about how dumb and bad the bears are <laughs> we've got jerseys to catch up on yes Yes. In the chaos of the last couple pods, we forgot to talk about numbers 77 and 78. And of course, we have to do 79 today. So Got who's it. your pick for number 77, Bears oh, historian? Man. I I don't think I have a 77. Oh, uh, you're going to be like, oh, I didn't know he was 77 as okay. soon as I bring him up. This is also a commentary on how bad the O-line play of the Chicago Bears has been for decades <laughs> in general. Our number 77 is Harold Red Grange. Oh my gosh. Wow. I wouldn't think of a running back being that number, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck coming up with that one. Harold um, Red Grange. From, and again, uh, this is from Windy City Gridiron. Great blog. Y'all should read if you're not uh, where I'm getting these from a few years back when they made this list. But from he, 1929 to 34 was his prime era of Bears uh, career. And he also played for him in 25. Twice a first-team All-Pro. He was as much a running threat as he was in the kick return game. Charter member of the Hall of Fame. Also nicknamed the Galloping Ghost. And I believe subject of an episode of Scooby-Doo. Really? And also known as, and you're going to love this, I did not know this was one of his nicknames, the Wheaton Iceman. Yes, that I did know because uh, as a graduate of Wheaton College and going yeah, to uh, thought you'd like that. museums around uh, there, uh, Wheaton is the... Uh, also the county seat of DuPage County. Yep. Uh, so there's a museum that mentioned that, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And Does I have this... a... Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Well, I have a theory as to... Uh, you want to guess what the colors of Wheaton College are? Orange and navy. That is correct. And I, <laughs> I can't help but wonder if it's because of Harold Red Grange, who went to the University of Illinois, mm. whose colors are... Orange and Navy, yep. Mm -hmm. And George Hallis was an alum of the University of Illinois, so the first uniform Bears had. fighting Illini. How about that? And uh, while we're on college football, I would just like to point out that my 
my curse of the with the NFL does not extend to the states I live, their college teams. I went to Louisiana in 2019 and they had a historic season. Yes, they did. I moved back to Tennessee and they beat Alabama. I'm just saying. <laughs> you got to move to Chicago. I got to go back to the Wheaton. That's right. But it would, well, no, that would just help Northwestern. That's I the guess, problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the Wheaton Iceman, is he the first guy to have an ice nickname? Uh, Probably. That just makes Matty Ice even lamer. There, just for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Number 78. Uh, Keith Van Horn. He is the honorable mention. And I don't Whoa. think in the, in the time we've been doing this, they have had an honorable mention. Wow. I, there's a better one than Keith Van Horn. Wow. Yeah, but if you know him, tip of the cap. Stan Jones. Stan Jones. Well, he Was he a lineman in the... Uh, in the Peyton days? Nope. Nope. Hmm. He's before. So he's that, that suck, he gets in on the in the sixties run, but he's mostly the fifties. So he's oh, okay. fifty four. Actually, he's just a long career. Fifty four to sixty five. And here's their, hmm. their write up. I'll quote this one direct since none of us know anything about this guy. Jones did it all. He was a pro bowler at both guard and tackle during his Hall of Fame career. He's listed as a D tackle, tackle, and guard. Elected to seven Pro Bowls and three-time first-team All-Pro, and he was a member of the twenty, the sixty-three championship yes. team. Okay. Nice. Van Horn, just keep cut. Well, of course, he's eighty-one to ninety-three. I think a lot of people would know he was on the the eighty-five team. Obviously, right. he's another staple in the eighties. There's a bunch of those in the in our list here. Um, they all probably deserve a spot, right? That whole starting unit. That was a great offensive and, line. They say uh, on Windy City Gridiron, Van Horn was never a pro bowler, but he played 186 games with 169 starts. Basically all of them, I think, if I'm right, at right tackle. Never a pro bowler, huh? Yeah, crazy, right? But, man, if you could just get – well, you know what I would give to just have a guy good enough that they kept him at at a tackle spot for 12 years? Yeah. Right now? Like, (laughs) shoot, that's that's impressive. I'll take it. All right, number 79. Uh, I've never heard of this guy, but he's on that same team. The one that comes to mind is Kurt Becker. Very good. See, this is why you're the Bears historian. And I'm not looking at anything. You can tell. No, I can tell. (laughs) He's not been up long enough to have looked anything up. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, anybody that's a full-time starter on those teams is probably making this list on the O-line. It's really all it comes down to. It'll be fun next episode, though, because we'll get out of the, you know, this was back when the, the numbers fit the position, except for Red Grange. Mm-hmm. We'll be into wide receivers. Like, who are you picking for 80? Bernard Berrien? <laughs> Des White. Des White. <laughs> oh, Des White. Ooh. Not whatever the receiver wearing number 80 is right now, if there is one, because he's probably terrible. Probably. Yeah. Hey, uh, one last thing about uh, Red Grange. That was a, if I remembering this correctly it was a huge signing for the bears because college football was still way more popular than pro football Mm -hmm. and the bears getting him and then going on like a national tour uh grange being a draw for crowds back then was really what helped start to put the nfl on the map so interesting yeah. yeah So when they talk in the broadcast about the Bears' rich history, it really is a rich history. It is. It's just not the last 30 years. 30 years, yeah. <laughs> it's just been terrible lately. This Most is of the, my life. We're oh, currently in the, uh, we're, yeah, if this makes you feel better, I don't know. Maybe not. But we are currently in the longest Bears championship drought in their history. Oh, well, I feel so much better. <laughs>
Don't make me angry. Thanks, Chris. <sighs> You're welcome. Well, Thanks for listening, so much everyone. For, so I was going to, after all that, my plan was to ask you this question. Now I don't even know if I should, but I'll do it anyway. So the Bears are dreadfully bad. Yes. They're not just bad. They're really bad. They are going to have a bottom five record. They are. Uh, you know, unless there's like some radical turnaround. It, it, let's just put it this way. If it continues like it has, they will have a bottom five record. The reasons for optimism that they'll turn it around are what exactly? That's part A of my question. And there's a part B. Man, you know, well, for me, the, the still the most important thing this season is the development of Justin Fields. That's what Agreed. I'm most interested in watching. But also, man, we only get a few of these games a year, so ah, there we go. You know, you gotta you gotta enjoy them while they're here, if possible. <laughs> but... Yeah. Okay, that was the second question. We'll come back to Fields, obviously. <laughs> okay. How do we watch these? You're better at being optimistic normally, right? Out of I the two so, of us, yes. I think that's probably a no-brainer. I think we all we all joke around <laughs> about you being the homer, right, and all that stuff. You owe me an apology. But the, the flip side of that is you're the Bears historian, right? So there's like the the diss and the compliment. How do I watch the game, knowing Chris, we're not even in a rebuild. This is the teardown. Yeah, yeah. So am I just watching the young guys? That's what I'm doing. I don't think you can do much else. I realized that. Uh... I am starting to really like this secondary. And that was it's played well the last I, two weeks. That's one thing I wrote on my sheet here. Yes, I wanted I to bring notes. Up. I do. I have notes. But yeah, so that's one thing I'm going to continue to enjoy watching is that young secondary because Kyler Gordon is starting to uh, put it together, and Kendall Vildor actually looks. Kendall Vildor well, is having a nice season, like more than functional. Yeah, like top 20 corner based on like advanced metrics like oh didn't know that yards complete now some of it's advanced and some of it's like obvious like yards allowed and stuff like that he's playing very good football and i do think he's a cautionary tale i mentioned this in passing last week but you know we were frustrated with gordon obviously he got torched by the packers mm-hmm. right that was the low point he played pretty well against the vikings and he played really well against the commanders <laughs> What a dumb name. Gotta be careful. <laughs> we all thought we all thought Kendall Vildor was the worst player on the yes. field last year. Guilty. Him and Sam Mustaford, you know, right? We're like the guys that were like, why are they starting these guys? You know, like we're so annoyed. And we're like, why did they let Graham go? And now Kendall Vildor has put together a very nice first six weeks. So the one part of the Ryan Poles offseason plan that seems to have worked is the secondary is legitimately the strength of the team. There's a lot of other problems with the plan, but it all makes sense if you call it the teardown, except for the presence of Justin Fields. Mm. You know how perfect I would like this plan if it was just Trevor Simeon's the starter and there is no Justin Fields on the Bears just because they never drafted him for some reason, even though I, <laughs> I'm glad they did. I'm just saying this plan would make all the sense in the world if you're replacing a veteran in the draft. Yeah, and uh, if I can... Uh... Which brings in, you to the draft thing, right? Dig into that a little <laughs> bit. Well, yeah, we can go there. But I also wanted to uh, ask you about uh, – there was a lot of Justin Fields, is he pulls guy chatter this week on the uh, on the interwebs, the score and Twitter and all that. It seemed mm-hmm. to spike this week for some reason. Maybe because there was more time between uh, the games. last two games. Yeah. But there, uh, the, uh, Lawrence Holmes made the comment that – 
if Poles had drafted Fields, he wouldn't have put him behind this line. And if my first thought was, oh, yeah, that's probably true. Maybe there's some merit to this thing. But then I realized if Poles had drafted Fields, Fields wouldn't be playing this year. Like you just said, it would be Trevor Simeon that would be behind this line. So they almost have to play Fields because it's his second year. And because they want him to develop and be ready for the future when the team is hopefully good again soon. Maybe not as soon as we all hoped. Yeah, <laughs> that's another thing to started. talk about. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know. I do, do you agree with that? Do you think that if uh, if Poles had drafted Fields this, uh, this last year that he wouldn't be playing, but because it's his second year, he has to play? So Possibly can, true. It's yeah. hard to say. I don't. Uh, Lawrence's little thing about how it was bad business and how it's never syncs up and stuff like that, like the QBGM, that's like that point is definitely true. I don't like how hypothetical all that is, though. Like, I don't think we need to even be that hypothetical about it. Ryan Poles started a teardown while he had a second year QB and a rookie contract mm. to develop. That's probably a bad idea. That suggests to me it is possible that Fields is not his guy or more likely that he said, well, I'm going to just get an evaluation on him based on how the coaches say he's doing the things he's being coached to do. And I'm not going to worry about the numbers because I know I gave him nothing to work with. And we aren't going to know the answer to that until uh, probably the draft really. But that's more likely, isn't it? I see. That's why I said it's more likely. I still think, but you can't dismiss the possibility that he may replace him because he didn't draft him. I just hope that's not what they do. But the genesis of that whole conversation is the summer of nothing around Fields. If he signed a left tackle in a in a good possession wide receiver, if you want to put it that way or whatever, you'd say you, would, you wouldn't say that. You'd be like, oh no, he gave him some help. And then when Fields was playing poorly, it would be like, how long does he give him? Not is he his guy? Mm. I still maintain it is infinitely smarter and better for the Bears to use that high draft pick to invest around the young QB, which for 2023 should still be Justin Fields. If his play is continuously erratic, at that point, you'll still be bad. <laughs> yep. And you can get the QB in 24's draft. And you'll have given Fields three years. Mm-hmm. Pay, uh, pace. They did it. Poles can tell George, I, I know you liked Fields. I gave him two years with me one year before. It's not working out. And, and he resets the clock on getting fired the second he drafts a QB. True. So it's better for the Bears roster. Your young QB, whoever it is in 24, has more pieces around him than a rookie in 23 who you didn't use that pick to support because you used it to get that player. And Poles gets to have his job longer assuming he still wants it <laughs> oh of course he'll still want it, of course he want it. Yeah. i kid so i don't think it makes sense to give up on justin fields after this year after what you gave him but I, i'm not i'm just not ruling it out until there's more support for him i think it would be really stupid to give up on him though and i think he's not the biggest problem on that offense oh, though gosh, he does no. need to play better i just wanted to hit the layups yeah, that's a common theme that uh, a lot of people are noticing. Like, his short-term yeah. accuracy is terrible for a guy who's terrific at throwing 20-plus yards. It's like, why can't we hit the, the five-yard <laughs> thing? Like, what's going on here? It's yeah. it's all the, it's the stuff in his head. And he's like, I'm going to work harder. I'm a perfectionist. And I'm still saying, go play Call of Duty with Kyler Murray. I'm going to run that joke into the ground because I think he and Mooney are pressing. I think that's – yeah, I agree. 
But there are still like it's the Nate Tice thing where he said it on the Hogan Johns pod a while back, like even when he was drafted or he first struggled last year. It's like, but he does the hard stuff really well. He's so special physically and like the running is deadly. The deep ball is deadly. The rest of it you can learn. So it's incumbent on them to coach him up, not destroy his confidence. The biggest reason I don't want them to lose out for the number one pick is I want these guys to not be totally lacking in confidence. Yeah, I'm serious. Like, there's no difference between two wins and seven wins. The two wins is better for your your long term prospects, except right. for what's the psychological effect. So I don't want that. But I think um, I think the guys in this draft, Bryce Young is going to be high floor, lower ceiling than Fields. Mm-hmm. But that release and his ability to read the field, it will absolutely play in the NFL. He's a starter, sure. day one. Sure. He's going to be good. I don't know how good. He doesn't have quite the ceiling of fields, but he has a higher floor. And C.J. Stroud is maybe the same. I don't really watch them as much, to, to tell you, as all that much. Like Those are the two names everyone's going to throw out at the top of this draft. And I'm like, but Fields' potential is still higher than either. I'm right, not, right. You know, just I'm not going there if I'm Ryan Poles, but you, you just can't rule it out. That's all I'm saying. Not yeah, I I, mathematically, yes, I suppose that is true, <laughs> but I still think very unlikely. And I think it's also more likely that all these pieces that pull signed to one-year deals are just a lot worse than everyone thought they would be. To me, well, that's, that's a problem too. It is, but the plan, the plan of having all of these one-year contracts, supports the idea that okay, I'm just trying to get a functional team out there this year. Yeah, which and he then didn't succeed at. I, yeah, I, and then I worry more. I'll put it this way too. I actually worry a lot more about polls than I do fields. Mm. I know what I see in fields. I know, I know it's raw. I know I don't really trust the Bears to develop it. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna trade him, can you trade me the Titans? And I'll just switch over to the Titans for a time, and, and I can go enjoy the game. Stop it! Will you Who shut up, man? <laughs> Stop it right there, Mister. I was like, I'm gonna do this just so he can chew me out. Um, don't Shame. trade him. You idiots, don't trade him. Is that better? Yes, that's much better, my friend. If Poles thought this was a competitive team, we have a talent a talent evaluation problem. <laughs> no, I I don't think competitive. I don't think he did, though. I, think I don't know that he functional, did. Functional. Functional, not competitive. But maybe that's just as bad that they're not yeah. functional. <laughs> Here's where we're at. If we want to be as hard as this is, as objective as possible, if you take off the I'm obviously pro fields and so are you, if we take off the I'm obviously disappointed in the offseason and therefore really pretty critical of polls right now, the real truth is we don't know enough about anybody. Polls, Eberflus, Fields. It, it's all still full of huge question marks. Mm-hmm. Polls might be an amazing gym, and in four years we're going to be like, oh, I'm glad we stuck with him. That first year was rough, but – Look, we're, we're cruising now, you know, and Fields mm-hmm. looks good. And Eberflus has them playing hard still. And he brought in a good offense and it just took him some time. That's that's possible. It's just for the Bears. So I expect the worst. <laughs> so I mean, if I'm honest, Fair the enough. baggage comes with that. Mm-hmm. But we really don't know much about any of these guys. It's all still very new. And that doesn't play well on the radio where they have to talk for four hours. Yeah, yeah I have to keep reminding myself of that, too. That they've That's got... why I kind of have listened. I've been listening to pods more because I think hmm. we're going to talk about this for 40 minutes to an hour. 
gives you a better chance for it to be really good content and not just filling space. Rehash, rehash, rehash. Try to find a different angle. Rehash, rehash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just, it's going to be maddening. That's why I wanted to get back to that question that I was leading with. How do we watch this? Let's expand it. How do we consume Bears football the rest of the 11 weeks that we have a Bears game? Yeah. Do we, do we not listen to the radio as much at work? Do maybe. we just tune it out a little bit more? I'm still watching the game. I think watching for young player development and not outcome is certainly the way to go there. Absolutely. Good luck. You know, in those three hours, good luck. I know. In the moment, you get so emotional and you're like, come on. And at least I am. Believe there, it or not. So, yeah. Good news, bad news. This is the last primetime game. <laughs> That's the good news. Bad news, they'll be back to ruining Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Good thing church is first. You know? That's right. <laughs> or do I need it after? Can I maybe I need to go like twice? You know, go back mm. to my Pentecostal roots. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. The spirit and understanding of your utterances and groans. <laughs> Hey, oh well, my oh, gosh, that's terrible. I haven't been struck dead yet, so we must be all right. Good, yes. But overall, isn't Fields this year, I mean, not pointing as high up as we would like, but it's still going up, isn't it? Like a two steps forward, I one step I think we're back building off the – well, yeah, we were the other way around the first month, but I think Minnesota-Washington games are steps forward both. Yeah. Though Washington's a little more mixed. I thought Minnesota was his best game as a pro, especially because mm-hmm. – you don't take away mm-hmm. the 50-yard touchdown. He's got 300 total yards and, you know, multiple TDs. Yep. So, by the we way, get... they cut that guy, Amir Smith-Marset, yes, the did. Vikings game, who both had the well, – it was a bad call, to be fair to him. Yeah. But, and then the fumble. And now he's a chief. Oh, boy. So, as Cousin Nate points out, it'll be Cousin fun to watch Nate. him you yeah. know, catch two touchdowns for 80 yards. <laughs> He also fulfilled his purpose as a bear because when cousin Nate and I get together, which we did for the Vikings game and the Ravens game last year, Mm. the bears do not win. This Mm. is, this is like 15 years of this. Mm. So they, they signed a guy just to screw us over and then cut him. That was the only point he was, the only reason he was a bear was to keep our curse going. I think that that is sound. Yes. Yeah. There's no (laughs) weird superstition there at all. (laughs) Well, I don't mind this. I mean, he was a former first-round pick, right? Third, Absolutely. I thought. Oh, third? Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of something But else. to your point, it was a reasonable gamble that, yeah. you know, this is this was a team that cut him with a loaded wide receiver room. Yes, yes. Like, you watch, if they if they cut Pettis, yeah. he's just going to sit there collecting dust. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't the Bears cutting right. a wide receiver. It's a team with wide receivers doing this. Yeah. So, um. Have you seen the <laughs> that was on who who first tweeted this? Kevin Cole, Pro Football Focus. Okay, I want to get back to the fields thing for a second as we transition to the other big topic of the week: sack prevention based on scheme and pressure survival rates. I have not seen okay. this. So you can just Google that: sack prevention based on scheme and pressure survival rates on. Kevin Cole's Twitter. Most of the league is clustered around the middle. So it's like a blocking sack and a quarterback sack on the, you know, the two axes, right? Okay. So, uh, like, really bad teams are bottom left. Okay. It's like Mariota's pretty bad. Daniel Jones is down there. 
Justin Fields and the Bears, so the combination of his blocking avoiding sacks for him and his himself avoiding sacks are so bad that the tr- the, the graph goes down to minus three as a score, <laughs> yeah. and the Bears and Fields are a minus six. Oh, my. So I don't know if how well you can see this. But there oh, you go. Oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, we, boy. As Buddy Brian put it. Buddy Brian. The Bears are so bad, they broke the chart. <laughs> and that's a real shame. <sighs> oh, my. I think that's the other big topic this week is how do we get to where he gets through the season? Right? How do we get him through the season? And how does he quit taking so many hits? Partly him, partly the line. There's no doubt he's a part of this. Sure. And then, of course, you had the pass block win rate thing with the ESPN stat that is just totally stupid. And Seth Walder posted, he's a troll. He's a confirmed mm-hmm. Bears Fields troll, in my opinion. Yeah. But but he says the Bears are that that stat has the Bears as the second best pass blocking line in the league. Oh my gosh! What that caused quite the uproar on Twitter. Tell me you don't watch the film without mm. telling me you don't watch the film. Oh wow, that's amazing! And, and I shout out to that. all the Bears fans in the comments who are like posting gifts. Of plays like when uh, Kenny Clark threw Sam Mustafer to the side, and the ESPN met- metric had that as a pass block win for Mustafer. This <laughs> field's got the ball out. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, what sort of meaningless double talk is this? So th- the conversation is absolutely nutty when it comes to this stuff, but it's not that hard, guys. Two things can be true the left side of his line, which I mean center through tackle were atrocious against Washington. Yes. It was easily Braxton Jones's worst game, so we'll forgive him one. He's played better than that most of the year, but he's not great. He's obviously young and a rookie and raw as well. Yep. And Lucas Patrick is terrible at left guard. Pretty terrible. And Sam Mustafer is terrible at center. So the big news yesterday, mm-hmm. according to Kaplan, Consider the source, but I think people were saying, like practice seemed to say that they were changing them. It's going to be theoretically Monday, right? It's Jones, Schofield, mm. Patrick, finally Jenkins, one of the best offensive linemen in the league, right. guys, right? And Larry Borum, who's also playing much better the last few weeks. I think you, I think you lock in that right side and leave it alone. Mm. Hopefully for 10 years, yeah, <laughs> at least nice. for the next 10 weeks. <laughs> and I want to see what Patrick does at center. Well, that's why they signed him. Yeah. It's about time. He looked really overmatched at left guard. And centers usually are more about like, who am I helping? Am I picking up a blitzer? And left guard's got more one-on-ones, and it seemed like he struggled in some of those situations at left guard. I'm definitely willing to give him a shot at center. Yeah. I'm not convinced the center that you actually want to keep is on the roster. Agreed. Schofield at guard, you know, we all, what was it, uh, the Chiefs game, where where he got just thrown on his tail, right, (laughs) by Chris Jones, who does that to everyone, and we all kind of like, oh, this guy's terrible, that's probably an overreaction, I I feel like he's at least worth giving it a shot, Mm -hmm. people are also thinking maybe Alex Leatherwood would get a shot at this. Saw that, yes, Mm -hmm. so... Are you okay with just those two positions changing as the starting point to trying to figure out the line? Also, yes. my kids are home, so you'll hear from them soon. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm dying to know their thoughts, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's where you got to start is center and then left guard. I mean, just because you're moving Patrick over to center. That's where we expected him to be. With yeah. The so, yeah, that's that's where I want to start and see, okay, can this line work better with Patrick where he you signed him to be? And, uh, yeah, Schofield, okay, that's cool. I'm fine with that. Braxton Jones, like you said, probably not going to have as bad a game again because uh, who's that dude on Washington, that defensive end? He's pretty good. He's good. He was yeah, in yeah. the backfield every five seconds. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But so. um, you do have Riley Reef. I don't know what to do with left tackle. I think you don't pull the plug on Jones just yet. Nope. But, but nope. on a good team, he's not starting, right? Like he's a developmental right. piece. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it just is what it is. Uh, do you think we'll get a Nikhil Harry sighting? Oh my he's gosh! The, the great hope of all the the delusioned optimists on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I I just want him to be functional, right? Can he be functional? Can he catch? I just want someone to catch. I don't ask yeah. much. Just catch the ball. How does Darnell Mooney make the amazing one-handed deep ball grab and then drop the little lob jump pass to win the game? You know, uh, it's like – that's why know. I think they're pressing. So, yeah. Also, did you see the story where the lady met Fields after he had given this homeless guy yes. his shoes? Yes. Like, oh, I want you to pan out so bad because you're a good guy too. Yes. Seems like a great guy. Yeah. So well, – I- Pressing makes sense too when you look at the fact that the Bears had almost 400 yards of offense against Washington and seven points. <laughs> Three trips it, inside the 10. And no by points. far, the worst thing about this season isn't that they're bad, it's that they're finding new, inventive, torturous ways to <laughs> defeat themselves and us. Yes. Like fumbling two punts in the end of two games. Giving the guy on the Vikings the ball. <laughs> it's like, it takes yes. it from him, like candy from a baby. Going inside the having the red zone, the five. Three, three times, times three times. points. Crazy. Yeah. I, I just you probably won't see a couple of those plays, like the one where the guy just takes the ball and the three inside the five with zero points. I don't know that you'll see that in a single game in the NFL the rest of the year, either of those. Hmm. At least not yeah, in those spots. At least I don't know. So all right, well. The family is home. We better get to our picks. I better help with the groceries or I'll be in trouble. Hey, uh, one last quick thing, though. Uh, we got a punt return competition, right? Yes. Pettis, Blackwell, and Eddie Jackson. Those competitions <laughs> always work well, don't they? Yes. <laughs> don't do Eddie. I know he's better I at know, it, but come on. He's too important to the defense. Get out of here with that. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. I was shocked yeah, when you're I right, You're right. You're right. We come should on. touch on that. So, all right. Bears at New England. We didn't even hardly talk about New England. Is it Bailey Zappi with his two excellent starts or Mac Jones hobbling around that we're going to get? Um, Probably Zappi. That'd be my guess. And I mean, the this is a Patriots very winnable are favored game. by seven and a half. Yeah. The, yeah. It's a very winnable game for them. I can see Belichick just saying, sit down, Mac, get better. We need you for when we're playing the Dolphins or the Bills or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I honestly don't think it matters mm. because this game is going to be all about the Bears offense not doing anything against their defense, right? What is Bill Belichick famous for always doing to every opponent? Uh, knowing exactly how to play the quarterback. Well, yeah, taking away whatever they do best. Mm-hmm. Eberflus had a great line about it. He makes you play left-handed. Oh, that is good. Huh. That's a great line. Although, joke's on you, Bill. We don't have anything we do best. <laughs> I am not left-handed. The ultimate matchup nightmare. No wonder he praised the Bears for seven minutes. <laughs> 
Yes, very no, nice. I know exactly what I would say the Bears do best if I was Bill Belichick. I'm taking away Justin Fields' legs. Yep. Make him throw. And I hate that that's where we're at, but it, I mean, if you're but, just like, if you're the opponent, this is the guy that scares you, and it's him running around for 30 yards every little bit. But we want to see this. We want to see him have to throw yep. it. So, and if he if he makes the throws and they're dropped, I'm okay. <laughs> well, you'll be mad, but you're uh, yes, 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 you're yes. okay. Yeah. Yes, before and after the game, I will be okay. During the game, there will be things thrown in PG thirteen language. Ooh, look at how I know, I know. So I think that Gosh, when, the, when the Bears are, you know, trying to stop the Pats, right? That he's going to look at the way they don't set the edge in some of those games and come mm. up with all kinds of fun ways to get. You know, get guys running free on the outside. We still are second in the league in rushing yards, so I guess that's our strength. But a lot of that is fields. Mm-hmm. They're tenth. Mm. Okay. They're twelfth in points. Bears are thirty-first. I mean, I think that's really <laughs> all you need to know. <laughs> Who scored fewer than the Bears? Denver. I don't know. Somebody mm. on a buy. Now it's all thrown <laughs> off because the buys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. It's got to be what it is. Wow. Defensively, of course, the Bears are good against the pass, terrible against the run. I think this sets up to be one of those, oh, well, at least that was over quick kind of games, and the Patriots take it 20 to – I'll be nice to the Bears and say 10. We'll give them a touchdown. Wow. My pick, you can see here, I said 2013 pay it, Pets. Yep. I almost did that, but I didn't want to have the Bears cover. <laughs> <laughs> All right, other NFC North That's how games. optimistic I am. They're going to cover that's right. Look at that. Always the optimist. <laughs> Green Bay with no wide receivers goes to Washington. Washington's oh. getting four and a half, so they still favor Green Bay. Yeah, I think, which they should. Yeah, Green Bay is obviously a better team, but they're not playing particularly good. And, you know, Taylor Heineke's good for one of those random games. You're like, where'd that come from? Mm. So because I want something fun to happen this week in the NFL, I'll pick Washington in a totally undeserved upset, which also helps our draft position. That'd be nice. But they're absolutely not better. <laughs> no, they're not. Just, they're not better than the Bears, I don't think, either. We just pooped the bed. Yeah. No, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. That that win could be real handy for us. Washington win over the Bears come, uh, you know, February, March, and April. <laughs> yes. All right. Detroit at Dallas. Dak is back. Ooh. Yeah, that's going to be bad for Dallas. Come on, you can't possibly Dallas. pick the Detroit defense to do anything to the Cowboys offense, Mm-mm. can you? Mm-mm. No. Boy, Cowboys fans sure flipped last week. Going Didn't from, they? We, we got to stick with Cooper Rush to, ha, the Eagles only beat us because we had our third string quarterback. That was it's almost like a small sample size is a dangerous way to evaluate something. <laughs> that was a fast flip. Wow. Yeah, they, they turned that in a hurry. The only good game on the slate on paper, honestly, is Casey at the Niners. Ooh, Super Bowl preview. No, awesome. no, Buffalo's going. Never mind. But with getting uh, Christian McCaffrey, that makes that's uh, uh, kind of wild trade. They yeah. got like no draft now. They have like some compensatory third round pick, and that's about it in the top of the draft. But they now have and this is kind of fun. I'm, I'm excited to see how they do this. They now have by far the best pass catching wide receiver, and the best running. Or I'm sorry, pass catching running back I and the best meant, yeah. running wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be. A nightmare if they're sitting there next to each other in any part of the formation. Defenses are going to be like, uh, who's getting the ball here? Yep. So kind of a fun little trade there. 
they're but really uh, they aren't really, being the cheap yet. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, probably not. But they're really going for it, saying, "Okay, we've gotten to a Super Bowl with Garoppolo before. Let's give another well, big piece could, here." If they could just keep the defense healthy, it's them and Philly in the NFC. The NFC is terrible after Philadelphia. Yeah. They, yeah, the Niners is. are. They can easily be the two seed. Yeah, they could. Mm-hmm. So I can understand going all in, but don't don't kid yourself. They got no draft between this move and the Trey Lance trade up. So all right, that's all I got. Enjoy the game, everyone. Chris, take us out of here. Thanks for listening to episode seventy nine of Barely Educated. We will check in after the Bears Patriots game at some point. May because it's Monday, we may just tie it into the preview for the following game. We will see. But uh, yeah, try to find a way to enjoy watching this game, whether it's fields, whether it's continuing to see the development of the secondary. Yeah. Try to focus on those couple of few positives or potential positives because otherwise it could be a rough three hours. You can find us on Twitter at barely underscore educated. Check out our website, buymeacoffee.com slash barely underscore educated sign up for our membership and we'll send you a shirt and then we can record some bonus content for you to enjoy we will talk to you after the bears pats game bear down you suck chris how dare you sir sorry chris i'm a terrible person you owe me an apology i am not my friend I'm all the bears.